Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Lift your hands if you're physically able. Lift them up all over this building. Let's recognize that the Lord is here and the songs are for Him. The worship is for Him. Come on, lift them high. Lift them high today. Father, we lift our hands in an act of surrender today. And we say, God, you are King. You are Lord of our lives. You have nowhere else to sit in our lives but at the throne of our hearts. The Lord of our lives, ruling over our lives, God. That's your rightful place, God. And we we say, sit there, God. Be there. That's your place in our lives. Number one. Number one in our lives, God. The lover of our souls. The lover of our hearts. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. We worship you today. Father, for the next few moments, I pray, God, that it would be my mouth, but your words, my mind, but your thoughts. Lord, speak to us today. Anoint me. Anoint our ears to hear. God, I know you want to speak to somebody today. There's somebody in need of a miracle today. There's some people in here today, they don't even know they need a miracle. But they're going to walk out with one. (laughs) There's some people today who you know you need God to move. And God's going to move today as you exercise your faith. Lord, I thank you for this word. I bless you. I honor you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now come on, give God a shout of praise today. You may be seated in God's house. So good to see you this morning. You're a beautiful crowd. Most of you are beautiful people. Yeah. I want to ask you now to keep the moving down to a minimum. Today I want to preach a message entitled, The Makings of a Miracle. The Makings of a Miracle. I, I, by the way, I'm doing good today. I'm walking around, feeling good. And... Uh, it, it really sucks to be bound to that. I'm sorry. But it does. To be in a wheelchair or to be pushed around and, and all that. And so I, when the doctor said, I think you can, you can put weight on it, I said, well, uh, when? He said, well, if you want to walk out of this office, you probably could. And I said, well... I'm not doing that because I don't, when I fall, I don't want you laughing at me. But uh, when I got out the parking lot, I, I tried to start taking some steps. And anyway, God's been good, and it's so good to be standing up here in front of you and preaching today. And I want to welcome every visitor we've got here today. Can we give our visitors a hand this morning? If you haven't already filled out a blue card, it says, Welcome Home. If you snuck by our wonderful Uh, connectors today and you didn't get a blue card well there's one in front of you fill it out and uh, we want to just give you a gift all you got to do is drop it back off outside the visitors table uh, when you walk out today but we are so glad you're here and so good to see all of our 
family here at Remnant Church who come week in and week out. We're so honored to have you every week. More people are coming back and re-engaging, and we're so glad for that and so honored that you are here. There's 200 and something churches in Ware County, and uh, you chose to come and worship with us today at Remnant. We had a powerful service, and I, I almost would apologize for going long today in the nine and you having to stand out there and wait to come in but um, almost but I'm not going to and uh, because uh, God was moving in the service and and so I want us to jump into God's word today I'm preaching a message titled the makings of a miracle the makings of a miracle the other day I had noticed that one of uh, the ladies here in our church were having a hard time and uh, I didn't know exactly what was going on, but I could tell there was something going on. Just I seen something pop across social media, and I sent her a text, and I told her, I said, listen, I'm praying for you. I, know, I don't know what's going on, don't need to know, but just know that me and my wife are praying for you. And uh, she sent me back some things that were going on, and the Lord spoke to me. And before I could, I, I say spoke, nudged in my heart, okay? I didn't hear a voice. But uh, he nudged in my heart, and it was bad. The thing she told me, I mean, it was intimidating and, and as far as if that was going on in your life. And I said, well, that, that is, that's tough, and that sounds bad. I said, I'm praying for you, but it sounds like it has, that story has all the makings of a miracle. And I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what's going on in your life, but you need that. Stephanie, you need that. You know, God, why does God allow things to happen in our lives? And he does. And I think it's for our good, for his glory, and for us to have a story. Amen? I want us to, now, I don't want to scare you, but we're fixing to go through the entire book of John, okay? The epistle of John. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and uh, I want to look at the seven miracles that Jesus done. Now, I learned something in the first service. I'm going to have to hurry up, okay? So here I go. You listen fast, we'll get done fast. If it looks like you're listening slow, well, John chapter 2. This is the first miracle. The first miracle. And, and I've wondered, God, why would this be the first miracle out of all the miracles? It seems strange. But let me take your attention to John chapter 2, where Jesus and his disciples are invited to a wedding. And at this wedding, at this wedding, verse 3 says, the wine ran out. Chapter 2, verse 3. John, chapter 2, verse 3. The wine ran, ran out. and Jesus' mother told him, they don't have any wine, Jesus. And Jesus said, well, what's that got to do with me and you? My hour has not yet come. What was he talking about? I don't want, he said, I don't really want people to know who I am yet, is what he was saying. My hour has not yet come. And then she looked, she, like, you know how mamas do. <laughs> you know, when your child back talks, sometimes you just ignore it completely and go on, right, with what you're telling them to do. And then sometimes you don't. And, well, don't tell us what you do when you don't. <laughs> But she just ignored that and she says, do whatever he tells you to do. Now that's a message right there in its song. Right there on its song. Do whatever the Lord, where's my note takers at? <laughs> Write this one down. Do whatever 
the Lord tells you to do. Do it if it doesn't make sense. Do it if it doesn't sound right. Do it if it's crazy. Do it if it makes people think, well, they've lost their minds. Do it anyway. Do whatever he tells you to do. Notice, well, let's keep on going. His mother told the servants, now six stone water jars had been set there for Jewish purification. Each contained 20 or 30 gallons. And then Jesus said, all right, listen, talking to the servants there, talking to the waiters there, the waitresses there at the wedding. He said, listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to fill all these jars up with water. And I, you know what I'd have told Jesus? I'd have said, Jesus, we need wine, not Kool-Aid. That don't make sense, Jesus. Fill these things with water. The Lord will tell you to do some things that don't always make sense. Let me tell you, this whole life is a life not walking by what makes sense. It's walking by faith. You know, in, when you should be crying, I, I've seen a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of believers, and this has been in my own life, when I should be in the corner pouting and, and lamenting and, and crying over something that didn't work out. You know I can't do that. There's a praise on my lips. There's a praise in my heart. Come on, somebody. When, when I should be worried, I can't help but not worry because I've been here before. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I've been in this season before, and God made a way out and if God made a way out then he'll make a way out now so uh, it, it's, a, it's a constant in my life and as a believer that sometimes we do things that don't make sense to people looking from the outside in well he told us we'd have a peace that doesn't make sense did he not say that? didn't he say that we've got a peace that passes all understanding in the CLV the Caleb Lancaster version this it says this we have a peace that don't make sense to the world the gas prices can go up to ten dollars a gallon and I live in the kingdom of God and I my economy is God's economy you say that don't upset you hey well it gets on my nerves every time I go to the pump but I know God's going to take care of me he I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seat begging for bread don't you see the prices on the shelves going up I do but my God and his faithfulness is not it doesn't change based on what's going on in the world's economy see I'm going to go ahead if Jesus says fill the jars up with water even if it don't make sense I'm going to fill the jars up with water anybody know what I'm talking about he said fill the jars with water Jesus told him so they done it and then he said, now draw some out <laughs> and take it to the head waiter. And they did. Water. No, somewhere between the time they filled those jars up with water and they took it to the head waiter. Something changed. See what came before the change, though. Is it, are y'all listening to me? Am I boring you today? I don't want to bore you. I tried not to bore you. But something changed between the water in the pots to the water in the hand of the head waiter. And it changed after there was some faith. Don't you know it took faith to walk out there with a Dixie cup full of water? And it's supposed to be wine. You know he took the long route to the head waiter. <laughs> the Bible says he took the cup and he 
took a sip of it. Now, some of y'all know a lot more about this than I do. But he said, whoa, wait just a minute. Oh, I got to answer the phone. No, that ain't what he said. He said, wait just a minute. Perfect timing. Wait just a minute. He tasted it. He said something. Now, this is odd. He said, usually, when we're having a party, they bring out the good stuff first. And then when men and women, men and women have become well drunk. See, some of y'all know what we're talking about now. I ain't never done that before now. When they get well drunk, then we take away the good stuff. And we bring them out the cheap stuff. But you've done something strange here. You saved the best for last. And I want to tell you right now, you may feel like that things are down and out in your life. But can I tell you, the Lord has a way of saving the best for last. Saving the best for last. Well, I've seen God do amazing things. But God has a way of outdoing Himself. Huh? Huh? I said He has a way of outdoing Himself. And yes, you've experienced some good times. Pastor Michael, as he's walking up here, like he's scared to come up. Come on up. You can sit down. You were serving. Pastor Michael told us in huddle one Sunday, God never disappoints. He always delivers. Mm, And I want to tell you right now, you may be down and out. See, in this story, they were out of resources and you may feel like you're out that's point number one out of resources but I'm telling you God is the God who owns a cattle on a thousand hills he will provide for you let me tell you another you know like you know you know my name as Caleb or Pastor Caleb now my wife doesn't call me Pastor Caleb nah Unless she's getting on to me like when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. Oh, okay, Pastor Caleb. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Pastor Caleb. Talking that faith, Pastor Caleb. Mm-hmm. No, she don't call me Pastor Caleb. You know what she calls me? <laughs> she, call- <laughs> she calls me Caleb. But now, sometimes she calls me Big Daddy. Okay, maybe that was in my dreams, okay? But you don't call me Big Daddy. You call me Pastor Caleb, you know why she can call me Big Daddy? Because she knows me. She knows me in a, in a deeper, more intimate way. You understand what I'm saying? She knows me. Some of, some, some of my homeboys come up and call me, what's up? I'm making all this up, though. What's up, C-Dog? Well, you don't call me. 
You don't call me C-Dog. You know why? Because you don't know me as C-Dog. You know me as Pastor Caleb, right? Because they know me. They call me as they know me on the level that they know me. They refer to me on the level they know me. Let me tell you something. You may be out of resources, but sometimes the only reason we go through what we go through is the Lord, so that the Lord, we can know the Lord on a deeper level. Let me, what I mean by that is you know him as Jesus, your Savior, but do you know him as Jesus, Jehovah Jireh, your provider? Jehovah, I'm preaching now. Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Because see, and if you've never been broke or out of resources, you wouldn't know that he's the God that provides. These were out of resources. These people were out of resources. I want to take you now to John chapter 4. In John chapter 4, these people were out of time. And I'm going to hurry. In John chapter 4, this man has a sick son. And he goes to Jesus in John chapter 4. He goes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, you're going to have to do something. My boy is sick and he's about to die. He was out of time. This man was taking one more, making one more last ditch effort to get to Jesus. He had heard that Jesus was coming through the city. And he said, I know if there's any hope for my son, it will be in this miracle worker. This man named Jesus. I've already heard the things he's done. So I'm believing he's going to do it. Do you see it right here? And when the man heard that Jesus had come from Judea into Galilee, he went to him and pleaded with him, come down and heal my son. Since he was about to die. Go to verse 40. 49, sir, the official said to him, come down before my boy dies. And then the next verse, Jesus said, go, your son will live. Wait just a minute. This man did not want to hear that. He wanted him to go with him. See, this, this man was desperate, and what he was expecting was that, was that Jesus was going to go with him hey jesus i'm out of time my son is going to die he's about to die come with me stop what you're doing and come with me he had traveled a whole day to get to jesus and then jesus almost nonchalantly says go just go your son's going to live now think about that would you be okay with that probably not Probably knowing what you knew, knowing what he knew about Jesus, he had seen Jesus lay hands on people, touch people, and then be healed. Not just speak the word. He said, go and your son will live. Well, the man, I'm sure, fighting back tears said, okay. Gets back and begins to travel back to his son, thinking, oh, this is not... Went, it didn't go like I thought it was going to go. Uh, he told me just he's going to be fine, but he didn't even see him. He didn't even know what's wrong with him. I mean, he didn't, I mean, surely he could have come to my house. Are y'all listening to me now? The Bible says the man gets to his house. He opens the door. When the servant says, sir, you're not going to believe it. Oh, Lord. What? Your son is fine. Huh? Look at him. Come out here. He doesn't even look like he's sick. Son, are you okay? Yeah, daddy. I'm fine. I don't even, what do you mean? I feel great. 
He says, I don't get this. I don't understand it. He asked, he asked one of his servants, he said, what time did he start feeling better? At what time did he get well? And he said, well, it was yesterday. About one o'clock. He thought one o'clock yesterday. He said, that's the exact time I was talking to Jesus. That, oh, I want to tell you, I want to tell you, you may think you're out of time, listen, and that you've got to do this to fix this and do this to fix that, but all you need is God to speak a word. Where's, where's my people at? Did you hear what I said? All, all you need is one Word. Some of y'all are so busy, you got calluses on your hands because you're trying to fix all your problems. Instead of getting all your problems fixed, go to the problem solver. All you need is all your marriage. Hey, all your marriage needs is one word. All your finances need is one word. All that dry, dead church needs is one word. One word. One word. One word from Jesus. Those at the wedding were out of resources. This man thought he was out of time. And then we go to John chapter 5. We see a man who's been crippled for 38 years laying at a pool called Bethesda. At this pool, Bethesda meaning house of mercy. At this pool, tradition said that an angel would come down and trouble the waters. And all around this pool would be diseased, sick, paralyzed people. And when the waters were troubled, they moved. Then whoever the first sick... Are y'all listening? Whoever the first sick person was to jump in the water would be healed. And Jesus came walking through this crowd of sick people. And he comes up to a man who was paralyzed. The Bible says for 38 years he'd been this way. Think about it. If there was a man in a hopeless, out-of-strength situation, it was this man. This man was out of strength. He couldn't pick himself up to get himself into this pool. There was no hope for him. And Jesus came up to him. And he said, you tired of being sick? Nah. He said, do you want to be made whole? And he said, but I don't have nobody to put me in the water. That ain't what Jesus asked him. Jesus didn't ask him for his excuses. Jesus, didn't, Jesus asked him one question. Do you want to be made whole? He said, I have no one to put me in the pool. Speaking of his strength, his plans when the water stirred up, I try to go, and then somebody gets ahead of me. I think that's why Jesus came to this one. See, some of you right now say, I don't have the strength to do what I need to do. I can't do it. I've tried to do it. Some of you are battling addiction and strongholds and bondages. And you say, Pastor, I've tried to do it myself. Pastor, I've tried to get up out of despair. I've tried to get out of, 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 of this... Uh, uh, 
depression and anxiety. Pastor, I'm trying to do it, but I don't have the strength. I don't have the ability. I don't have the power in myself to do it. I'm going to this class and that class. I'm going to this type of therapy and that type of therapy. I'm doing all the things I know to do. And you feel like this man, 38 years disabled. I try, but when I try, something happens. Something gets out ahead of me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Something I want to do right. I want to do better, but I can't. But thank God Jesus is in the business of going up to people who can't do nothing for themselves. People that you wouldn't go to, but God goes to and ask him one question. Do you want to be made whole? He said yes. And Jesus said, fine. Get up. Pick up your mat and walk. I want to tell you this morning, you can get up. You listen to me online, you can get up. You online today because you didn't get up. But I'm telling you, I'm prophesying in the name of Jesus. Get up. Get up. Get up. Don't be scared. Don't be fearful. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. You can get up in the name of Jesus. Today you feel supernatural strength rising up into you. If you'll grab a hold of the hand of God by faith, not only will you get up, you'll get out. You'll walk out. You'll walk in victory. You'll walk in a victory you've never known. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up, get up, get up, get up in Jesus' name. I wish somebody praise God like I wish I could. Hallelujah. This man was out of strength, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, I got to hurry. Get up, he said. This man was out of strength. I want you to now jump to John chapter 6. After Jesus heals this man at the pool of Bethesda, he begins preaching to a crowd that's following him because he's doing all these miracles. So there's a crowd that begins to follow Jesus. I mean thousands of people. And that's where we pick up. Jesus looks over at his disciples after he got through speaking. And he said, it's about to be Passover. Go on to verse 3, Philip. Be fine. Next verse. Now the Passover, a Jewish festival was near. And so when Jesus looked up, he noticed a huge crowd coming toward him. And he asked Philip, where will we buy bread? so that these people can eat. Now, by the way, Jesus asked that question, but that was a test. Jesus is the bread of life. He don't need no store. He is the whole Merida store. You know what I mean? Like, he is the... By the way, if there's any businessmen and women in here, I dare you to open up one of them bread stores. Them things are amazing. You know what I'm talking about? I remember the one by the car wash on State Street. Do y'all remember what I'm talking about? Go in there and oh, smell all that good bread. Whew. Talking about a carb addiction. Come on, somebody. Anyway, now I'm back to preaching. 
He asked this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. And Philip answered him and said, Oh, Jesus, mm. looked at the other disciples. Hey, you got something? I ain't got nothing. What you got? They pulling out gum. They pulling out. We don't have nothing to feed 5,000 people with. See, these, this group of people, they were out of options. They were out of options. And Andrew says, wait a minute, there's a little boy. He's got, come here, boy. Boy said, yes, sir. Um, you got any food? He said, well, I got, yeah, actually, my mama gave me some food before I left. Well, how much? Um, I got five fish and two pieces of bread. Oh, you're now y'all Bible students now? <laughs> Two fish. Is that right? And five loaves of bread. Now you got me worried. Do I even know the story? He said, come on, bring it to me. He said, Jesus, um, I just, uh, yeah, he's got some food. How much? Um, here I go again. Two fish and uh, five loaves of bread. And if I was one of the disciples, I'd have been standing back thinking, you are so dumb. You are. You're going to tell Jesus, we got 5,000 people standing here. And what are we going to do with five loaves of bread and two, two fish? What are we going to do with that? See, a little in our hand is a little. But a little in God's hand is much. Did you hear me? Some of you feel like you are out of options and the only option you got don't make sense but if you give it to God God will break it bless it and multiply it and it that little will be enough to get you through the, those people were out of options but God took a little and made a lot out of it and not only did he make enough to get them through, there were leftovers. And see, God will make sure you got enough and more than enough. God will make sure you got enough and enough to bless somebody else. You understand what I'm saying? They were out of options. After he performs this miracle, Jesus tells his disciples, still in chapter 6, Jesus tells his disciples, now you get on the boat and you go. Get into a boat. They did that and they started across the sea to Capernaum. And as they started to the sea, a storm arose. And the waves that were crashing into the boat, now they're starting to crash into the boat. And there's disciples and they're bailing water. Where's Jesus at? He's not there. He told them to go. Jesus said, I'll catch up with you later. And so the disciples, they think they are out all 
alone. And they're bailing water out. And they're thinking, I wish Jesus would have came with us. He, I know Jesus probably could help us. I mean, he just fed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. But he ain't here. And some of you right now feel like Jesus is not with you. You feel like you're in a situation, you're on the storm, in the, the, this storm called life. And you feel like you're all alone. You feel like you're by yourself. But I want to tell you, Jesus made a promise. God, Jesus made a promise to God that he would never leave you alone. They said they shall call his name Jesus, for he will take away the sins of his people. And then they said, one said, well, they'll call his name Emmanuel, God with us. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Here's these disciples, and they're belling water. And they said, boy, I wish Jesus would be here. I wish Jesus would get here. I wish Jesus would have went with us. And they're getting sick and they're trying to get the water out of the boat and more water gets in the boat and the wind is blowing and then they start arguing with each other you know they did you know they did they start getting mad with each other they're worrying they're wondering is this the way we're going to die are we going to enter into a watery grave is this it is this the way my life's going to end and all of a sudden peter says hold on just a minute either i've lost my mind or this sea has made me sick. But there is somebody. Give me something to wipe my eyes, they said. I know it sounds crazy. Faith always does. I know it sounds crazy. But there's somebody out there walking on the water. What? Peter, have you lost your mind? No, look, look. There's somebody out there walking on the water. And then Jesus said, it is I. It is I. Fear not. It is I. I don't know how he was walking on the water. I don't know how he was walking on the water. But I, in my mind, in my crazy mind, I feel like he was walking like Ric Flair. You know how Ric Flair walks on the water? I think it's how they're walking on the water. There he is. There he is. That's Jesus. Woo! That's Jesus. He said, it's me. It's me. Be not afraid. I want to tell some of you right now, you're in the storm of your life. But can I remind you, the waves may be over your head, but they are under His feet. They're under His feet. They're under His feet. And you may be going through a storm, but you are not going through this storm alone. You've got a mighty anchor, and His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. They thought they were alone. And some of you think you're alone, but I'm telling you, you're not alone. This thing's going to kill me. No, it's not. This thing's going to take me out. No, it's not. You've got all the ingredients you need. <laughs> Feel alone? Feel like you're by yourself on the boat taking on water? Jesus is with you. The wedding party was out of resources 
the man who had a sick son was out of time. The man at the, uh, at the pool of Bethesda felt, felt like he was out of strength. The 5,000 and the disciples thought, well, we're out of options. The disciples thought they were all alone. And then we get to a man in chapter 9. And I love this story. I, I preach salvation from this message. John chapter 9. It's a story about a man born blind. You know, it's one thing to be able to have seen and lose your sight. You know what green looks like. You know the beautiful blue of the sky. You've seen. To lose it, you still have the memories. But think about a man who has never seen before. You can't, you can't describe what something looks like to a person who's never seen anything. And this man was born blind. And this represents me and you. We were born into sin. Blind. We came into this world blind. The disciples and Jesus come upon this man and the disciples say, Oh, look, Jesus. Here's a blind man. Jesus, who sinned? What did he do wrong? See, some of you think people are going through what they're going through because they've done something wrong. You better hold on to your judgmental self. Back up a little bit. Because if the Lord's out to get people who've done wrong, well, you ought to be got yourself. They said, who done wrong? Who sinned? You can hear the self-righteousness. Oh, these disciples are walking with the Lord now. They're seeing miracles. <clears throat> Peter forgot he was old crook. <laughs> Who done wrong here, Jesus? Whose sin was it, him or his parents? And then Jesus said, no, 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 no. Now, nobody's sin here. The only reason this man is blind. Oh, I like this is so that I can restore his sight. See, some of the, the all, some, for some of y'all, the only reason you are going through what you're going through is so that God can show up and show out in your life for your good. For his glory. And for you to have a story. See, I was the man. Are y'all okay? I was the man who was born blind. And until you can see yourself as the man born blind. Until you can see yourself in this story. Oh, you're missing it. Jesus knew what he was doing when he came by this way. See, there's people who would pass up this man and throw him some change, maybe, for him to just get 
by. But Jesus didn't want this man to just get by. Jesus could have went any other way, but he knew he was coming to a man. He was going to meet a man. But other people had neglected and forgot about. See, this man, listen, was out of sight and out of mind. He thought. He wasn't out of the mind of God. See, when you see that person on the side of the road and you see that person in blatant sin, don't you look down on them. Because they, they may not mean a whole lot to you, but they meant a whole lot to God. They meant so much to God that God said, I'm going to give them my son. Now, let me say this. There's some of you I die for in here. Not all of y'all, but some of y'all. I'd die for my wife for sure. I'd die for my kids that are over there across the building. I'd, I'd, I'd die for them. But not many more. But there's nobody in here that I'd give my son up for. Nobody. Especially no, no name, blind beggar. But this is why Jesus came. Do you hear me? But the blind beggar is why Jesus came. The outcast, the broken, the hurting, the lost. This is why Christ came. And you are the outcast. You were the broken. You were the lost. You were out of sight and you thought you were out of mind, but you were on the mind of God. You were on the heart of God. Is anybody listening to me right now? You are on the mind of God. You were on the mind of God. You are on the mind of God. You are on the heart of God. God's heart beats for you and He gave His Son. For the blind beggar. Jesus spits in the dirt. And he makes him some mud. And he takes the mud. And he puts it on the eyes of, of this blind man. Jesus does. And then he says, now go wash. Go wash in the, in the salon. Go wash in that fountain over there. And he takes and he washes his eyes. Can you imagine? He hadn't seen all his life. Say he's 50 years old and he has never seen anything. And the first, Jesus said, go over there and wash. And Jesus is staring there, standing there, waiting on him. And the first thing this blind man sees, the Son of God. Wow. He walks into town. He's shouting. He's praising God. Well, you would too. And I do. 
because I was the blind man. I was the, Andy, I was the blind man. Lonnie, I was the blind man. Christian, I was the blind man. Well, the blind man begins to praise God. He goes into the city. And somebody says, hey, wait just a minute. Aren't you that blind, the man that was born, the blind beggar? Somebody says, shut up. Now you know that at him. He's over there. Sitting over there down the street. You know where he always stays. That ain't the blind beggar. The blind beggar blind. This man can see. It's in the Bible. Read it. He said, no, no, now stop. I'm talking to him. Are you the blind beggar? You look, are, are you his brother or his cousin? He looks at him. I mean, he's looking good at him. He can see. He's looking him up and down. He says, oh, no, I don't have no brothers. Mm-mm. I'm no twin. I don't have any cousins. I am the one. I am the blind beggar. And some of y'all have that testimony. I am the one. Ain't you that ain't you that drug addict that used to ain't you that ain't you that you know that's mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I that's who I used to be, but that ain't who I am no more. I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. I've seen the I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. And nothing is, has been the same since I looked into the eyes of my Lord. Nothing. Anybody got that testimony? Nothing. 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 Nothing is the same. I don't know who wrote it. I, I think the blind man wrote it. Amazing. Grace, I think you got over and sat down. Now, I'll tell you what, I feel like writing a song. I think he sat down and said, amazing grace. Oh, that sounds pretty good. How sweet. How sweet, how sweet, how sweet, how sweet. Mm, the sound. That saved. Uh, what was I? Hmm. Wretch. Oh, wretch. Some of y'all forgot who you were. I'm going to help you remember who you were. You were lost without Jesus. You were lost and undone without Jesus or his son. You were a blind beggar. You had burnt all your bridges. I'm telling somebody's story right now. Nobody put any trust in you. But one day you called out on God and God called out on you. And he... Wretch, 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 wretch. Yeah, that sounds good. Who saved a wretch... Like me, hmm, I like that. I once was lost. Let me sing it now. I, this is my, I'm, but now I'm found. Well, that sounds pretty good. Wait just a minute. I got one more line. Was blind. Oh yeah, was blind, but now I like big butts and I cannot lie. Well, I 
I was one way, but I was blind, but I was lost, but I was down, but I was an addict, but somebody stand up and give God praise. But now, but now, but now, but now, but now. Sit down, sit down. But now, I see. Mm. Turn me up. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now. I have been found. This is the blind man's song. Was blind. This is my song. But now I see. Was blind. But now. I see now Jesus goes from there and he hears word John chapter 11 I'm coming to a close he hears word Jesus your friend's dead this is the only time I, rem I remember of Jesus being recorded weeping he begins to cry he hears that his friend has died. And he makes a trip. And he comes up to the tomb where Lazarus is. And Martha comes to him and she says, Jesus, if you would have got here earlier, my brother would have not died. They were out of hope. We read of people out of options, out of time, out of sight, out of mind, out of resources. But there's nothing, nothing worse than being out of hope. If you would have got here just a little earlier, Jesus, then my Brother would have not died. Put it up there, Philip. Yet even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And then Jesus said this, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now listen, she understood this theology. Theologically, she said, Oh, yeah, I know one day he will rise again, but Jesus is trying to tell her something uh, beyond some 
theological understanding or doctrinal understanding. Am I making any sense right now? I know he'll rise again one day. And then Jesus said to her, no, 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 you don't get it. You don't get it. I am the resurrection and the life. I am. I can speak to any dead situation. I can speak life to any dead situation. No matter how hard and bad and hopeless the situation seems, I can speak life. Are y'all with me? I can speak life. I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes in me will live. You skip on down and Jesus. Jesus. Says I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to go ahead and roll the stone away. Verse 38, 39, there you go. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Oh, I wish I'd have been there. Remove the stone. Martha said, whoa, wait a minute, Jesus. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just a minute. He already, he's, listen, Jesus, I don't know if you missed it. He's been dead for days. And by now, he already stinks. Decomposition. Is that the right word? Didn't sound right when I said it. Rigor mortis. His body is rotting away by now. See, I think she was thinking that Jesus wanted to say goodbye. But Jesus wasn't trying to say goodbye. Jesus was trying to say, hello. <laughs> Good morning. Roll the stone away. Don't you know Jesus is? Let me tell you, you ain't got nothing too hard for God. Did you hear what I said? There is nothing in your life that you're dealing with that is too hard from God. Too hard for God. There's nothing hard for God. There's nothing that intimidates God. There's nothing that's got God up in heaven uh, just just wringing his hands and thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to do that now. I don't know how to fix that situation. There is nothing that scares God. No situation too hard for God. She says, Jesus, he already stinks now. And then, verse 40, Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you? Here's the message. If you would believe that you would see the glory of God. We need a remnant of people who will believe God for big things. You don't have to be the most talented. You don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the most educated. You just need to have a crazy faith. Just believe God. And if you will believe God, you will see the glory of God. 
So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I want them to hear me praying to you so they'll know who I come from and who you are that sent me. And knowing that you will answer my prayers. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus! And let me tell you something. If he wouldn't have said Lazarus, if he would have just said come out, everybody who had ever died would have had to come up out of the tomb, come up out of the grave. But he said, Lazarus! Could you imagine Lazarus hanging out somewhere in eternity in Abraham's bosom, paradise, the closest thing to heaven that they were going to be in until Jesus died on the cross, And he's up there hanging out, chilling. And all of a sudden, he says, Hey, did y'all hear that? I said, No, we didn't hear nothing. Because he said, Lazarus. Lazarus! Wait just a minute. Now, y'all didn't hear that? No, we didn't hear it. All of a sudden, Lazarus opens his eyes. And he's all wrapped up like a mummy. The Bible says, all tied up. Jesus said, Lazarus, come on out of that grave. Lazarus comes out, hopping, tied up. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Let me tell you the greatest miracle God can do in your life when he calls your name. You may be dead. You may have been dead in your sin and trespasses for a long time. You may be already, you may stink like sin. i never forget. I went to a guy's house and he, I mean, he was living in sin. He, he used to serve God, but he was living in sin. And I looked at him and you said, well, this ain't very nice. Well, you know, sometimes you just got to tell people the truth. And I looked at him. I said, son, I said, you look like sin. You smell like sin, you look like sin, your house looks like sin. This ain't you. Now, some of y'all ain't gonna call me, (laughs) but he needed to hear it. And I could say it because I was close to him and I could speak into his life. And I said, You look like sin because you're sinning. You're living in sin, and this is not who you are. And you may smell like sin. You may look like sin. You may be acting like a, I mean lost, because you are lost. But can I tell you, when Jesus calls your name, you're going to come up out of that grave. You're going to come up, come up, come up out of that grave. And I'll tell you, God just won't leave you in your grave clothes. He'll say, lose him and let him go. Not only will he bring you out, he'll set you free and you know where Lazarus went the next time we read about Lazarus you know where he was at he was sitting at the table with Jesus see here's the greatest miracle of all he can take you out of the tomb and put you at the table just like that Out of resources, 
Are you out of time? Do you feel like you're out of strength? Are you out of options? Do you feel like you're out all alone? Do you think you're out of sight and out of mind? Do you feel like you're out of hope? What do these people all have in common? The makings of a miracle. All you got to do today is call on Jesus. Musicians and singers come now. Stand with me all across the building. If you could hang out three more minutes, that'd be awesome. I want you to keep the moving down to a minimum now because some people are going to accept Jesus. I don't want you to distract them. Do you feel like you're out of time, out of hope? No matter what's going on in your life. You know how I know God can do miracles because I've read it? But also because I've experienced it in my own life. And the greatest miracle, that I, that's the miracle I've seen more than any miracle. And that's the miracle of salvation. I look at this crowd today and I could look at the nine o'clock service. I could look at those crowds today. And I see miracle after miracle. I see lives that have been drastically changed by the power of God. I see marriages been restored. I see drug addicts and alcoholics delivered and set free. I see prodigals come home. There's nothing too hard or too big for God. And if I've seen God do those miracles, and I have, and He's no respecter of persons, today if you don't know Him, would you trust Him today? Would you call out on Him today? I've seen God perform miracles with my own eyes. Yes, the greatest is salvation. I've seen the Lord heal, raise my daughter from the dead. My wife brought my daughter. How old was she? 16 months. We woke up. Something said... Go check on Abrielle. When we checked on her, Holly brought Abrielle. She's 11 now. She brought her into our bedroom. Holly screamed. I heard her scream when she seen her. She brought her into the bedroom. I jumped out of bed. She lays Abrielle on the floor. She's blue. Hallelujah. She's blue around the mouth. You remember it. Blue around the mouth, the face, the hands. I call 911. Holly calls Jesus. And she laid there. So you don't come too late to tell me God don't heal. And God don't do miracles. 
And she laid there on her, she got on her knees, and I heard her. She said, I mean, it seemed like a thousand things were going on, but everything got slow motion. And I heard Holly say, I rebuke the spirit of death in the name of Jesus. And Holly was speaking in tongues. Some of y'all don't do that. You don't believe that. I'm sorry. I'm not here to debate that today. But she was speaking in tongues, in an unknown tongue. And she began to say it again. I rebuke the spirit of death. Before I could get off the phone with 911, I seen Abriel go, <gasps> and all the color rushed back in to her face, to her body. They took her to the hospital, they transferred her there to Savannah. They said, we don't know how long she went without oxygen. But she's fine. She's fine. She's perfect. And she's perfect. And she's fine. And she's healthy. You've done come too late to tell me God doesn't perform the miraculous. So if there's something in your life that seems too big for you, the first call I want to make is the call of salvation. I want to offer you freedom and life. Because you can be healthy. You can have everything, but if you don't have Jesus, you don't have nothing. So I want you to look at me real good. If you don't know Jesus in a personal, intimate way, Jesus who died for you and rose again. Jesus who hung on a cross, took all your sin, took all your shame, took all the condemnation, took all the guilt, bore it upon His body, went to a cross and died for you and took on the punishment, went through hell so you wouldn't have to go to hell today. This is what Jesus done for you. And He rose again so that you would have life. I want to ask you this morning, if you haven't placed your faith in Jesus, but you want to experience the miracle of salvation, all you've got to do is believe. The Bible said faith without works is dead. So this is the faith with works right here that I want you to do. I want you to just, if you say, Pastor, I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Jesus. I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm not asking you to do anything but place your faith in Christ today. You say, Pastor, that's me. I want you to, in faith, reach your hand up as if you were touching God. Raise your hand and say, I want that today. I see that hand, that hand. Anybody else this morning? Just reach up and say, I want it. I see that hand. I see that hand back there. Anybody else? I want it. Just reach up and say, I want it. I see that hand. I see that hand back there. Anybody else? I want it. I want it. I want it. This is the greatest miracle of all. I'm not going to call you to the front today. But this is what I'm going to do. We're going to pray this prayer. You just stepped out in faith by lifting your hands. And I think, I know that's all it takes is faith. That's all it takes is faith. Now we're going to pray this prayer. If you believe it, you'll be saved. Church, will you pray this with me? Everybody, can we pray this prayer? Let's say it out loud. Say, Lord. Come on, say it with boldness. Lord, here I am. I believe that you died for me. I believe you rose again for me. 
I give you my life. I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Under your blood. I give you my life. I'm going to live for you. I turn away from sin. I place my faith, my trust in you. And today, I believe I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can you give God some praise? If you just done that, some of our connectors will try to get to you today. But if they don't, all you've got to text is the word new me to 97,000. The word new me to 97,000. And we'll get you all the information you need and help you on your walk with Christ. Now, one more call I want to ask you. Is there anybody in here who says, Pastor, there's some things going on in my life. And if the only thing that's going to help is I need a miracle from God. If that's you, would you lift your hand right now? I need a miracle. It's got to be a miracle. Lift it up right now. If it's going to happen, it's going to be a miracle. Lift it up high. I see those hands. Can we all lift our hands today right now? The Bible says, the Bible says, if we believe, we'll see the glory of God. Father, right now, all you're asking us to do is believe. And no matter what it is, if we're out of source, out of resources, God, if we feel like we're out of options, God, if we feel like we're running out of time, Lord God, you are the God who answers by fire. You are the miracle working God. And Lord, we're placing our faith and our trust in you. And we're believing you, Jesus, for a mighty miracle. We're believing you, God, to do what only you can do, Father. And we give you praise. And we give you glory. And we give you honor, Father, in Jesus' name. If you believe God's going to do it, will you give him a shout of praise? We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.